You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. To our, I just want to give it up to our worship team one time. Come on, can we put our hands together for them? I think this, they were having a lot more fun than some of us, I believe. And um, it was just, I just, just get so happy, just the joy of the Lord, just seeing um, these ladies up here just, and just really, truly enjoying Jesus. <laughs> it's so good, so fun to watch. It just makes you want to jump in. So look at your neighbor and say, jump in. Come on, worship's not a spectator sport. Amen? Amen. A few announcements really quickly. Hey, also, if you're new here, hey, raise your hand. If this is your first time here, if you'd be, if you'd be bold enough, that's fine. First time here, we got a few people. Awesome. Welcome to the Father's house. We're so glad that you came. You're not here by accident. I believe the Lord is going to speak to you this morning, maybe if he already has. Um, just, also, if you're new, get, fill out a connection card. It's in the seat back in front of you. We'd love to get connected with you. Uh, also, if you've recently given your life to Jesus, if you've been born again, uh, grab a uh, connection card, fill that out, turn it at the welcome desk. We have a new believers book for you. We have a starter Bible for you as well. Uh, boom, there you go. It also, it will take you to some video series that me and Pastor Daryl put out recently um, that go along with that new believers book. So if you're like me, you like to watch videos as well, something to follow along to. Um, it's on our website. I'm pretty sure it is. Hopefully that takes it to that. Uh, also, we have these cards. If you haven't seen, they have a salvation card and Holy Spirit card. And actually, I think it's just one card right now. Um, but we'd love, it's a great resource. Maybe you're, you have a lot of questions about what salvation is, what, bapti- what baptism is, what the Holy Spirit baptism is. Um, if you have questions about that, grab one of those cards at the welcome desk. It'll answer a lot of those questions. It also has some QR codes that send you to some video teaching on YouTube. Really, really good stuff. Amen? Um, how many of you know that you're going to get, you're going to get from God, all the kind of the effort you put into it. So if you're, you're trying to learn about the Lord and learn about the word, you have to put forth effort, right? I don't know about you, but I made the decision to take a year off after high school before I went to college, stupid idea, because going from doing it every day in school for years to not doing it at all for a year and then trying to get back into it, it was not a great idea. So we gotta get into it and stay in it, amen? Uh, also, small groups, everybody say small groups. We have one small group open, I believe, that's available too. Uh, you can sign up today. Aubrey, we've switched Aubrey's group around. He's no longer doing a book study. He's doing just one of our regular small groups. It's uh, around community and prayer and around the Sunday morning service. Uh, his small group now is going to be meeting at the church on Sunday nights starting tonight at 6 p.m. Is that right? So you still have time to sign up for Aubrey's group to get in a group on Sunday night, 6 p.m. right here. There's not going to be any child care, um, but sign up. We'd love to have you. Also, in Eddie, Eddie's group as well, Eddie that was just up here, I'm pretty sure he still has some places available. So you can sign up. Boom. You can sign up right there. Come tonight. We'd love to have you get involved. How many of you know you need community? 
We need each other. Amen. Also, the journey. Somebody say the journey. The journey is our boom. You can sign up. Our next journey is in July. The journey is our membership process um, for new people who want to join the church to get involved and start serving in the church. That is your next step. You'll learn about our church and learn about areas in the, the church that you can serve. Amen. Amen. Uh, baptism is the third Sunday. If you need to be baptized, I always say it that way, but let me rephrase it. You need to be baptized. If you've been born again, you need to, your next step is baptism. It's water baptism. It's not serving. It's not church membership. It's water baptism. Amen. We'd love to see you sign up. We, it's an awesome time. Invite your friends. Invite your family. It's a big deal. Amen. Amen. Uh, also, VBS. We need as many volunteers as possible. If you've been through the journey, we're pulling volunteers, I believe, from every team. Um, so it's a great way to get started serving the church, Vacation Bible School. I think it's four days or four nights, but there's something for everybody, whether it's cleaning, cooking, crafts. There's a place for everybody at VBS. All right? Whew. All right, I think that's it. Is that it? Okay, wonderful. Um, how many of you love the hot weather? You just love it. Freaking weirdos. Uh -uh. Can't say I do. I'm not going to lie. I could just feel walking in here this morning like, oh, it's going to be hot today. And it was because it was like 9, 9 a.m. and it was getting hot. So anyways, I'm not that excited for the hot weather, to be honest with you. Uh, I just realized the other day, too, it's like, man, you know, a beach vacation isn't necessarily my favorite thing to do, to be honest, because it's so hot. You know, it's just sitting out there in, in the heat. I mean, it's not really my thing, especially with small children who there's a 50-50 chance that they'll hate it or love it. You never know. So how many of you are going on vacation soon? Not very many. I don't think I am either. Awesome. Everybody going to Destin probably or Pensacola. Uh, so let's get started this morning. Um, oh, I probably should pray. Is that okay? Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Lord, like, um, man, just as we were taking communion, I just really felt in my heart, this, we just, just help us not to get familiar with you, God. Help us not to get familiar with your blood and with your body and with your sacrifice and with church and with songs and with your presence. God, help us not to get familiar with receiving from you, just being around you. God, I thank you that what you've done for us is a really big deal. And God, here at the Father's house, we just honor you and we give you the right place and say thank you, Lord, so much for what you've done. Lord, I pray you'd give your people ears to hear and eyes to see. They give them hearts to receive this morning. Father, would you use me this morning in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Put your hands out in front of you like this. And smack your neighbor's hand. I'm just kidding. Well, y'all can do it. That's a joke, some of you. That's fine. Let's just pray this. Say, Lord, I receive everything that's from Jesus and anything that's not from Jesus. I don't receive it. Amen. And for all you fuddy-duddies out there that didn't want to participate, that's fine. How many of you know you can smile in church? Somebody lied to you, said you couldn't. You just, let's just practice it right now. You ready? Just look at your neighbor and smile. Some of you still aren't doing it. That's fine. Come on, Jesus is good, isn't he? You know, we don't always have to cry. I cry at least once every Sunday, but I smile and laugh a whole lot too. <laughs> Amen? Amen. Um, so this past week, um, I was listening to a podcast. Um, man, how many of you here last week? 
talking about women in ministry. How many of you learned something new? Raise your hand. All right. Three of you, praise God. You guys are just theologians. Uh, but man, it's so, so good. And uh, I, I was actually at a, just to go on a little further, I was at a, a homeschooling like, conference yesterday. And it was mainly women. And there was a woman leading it. And some of these women started sharing. And some of them were very articulate, just very wise and intelligent. And I remember just sitting in that room thinking, you're telling me we're not going to receive from these ladies? <laughs> You know, just because, you know, they, 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 to teach the, the word of God, we'll let them teach our kids anything else, period. Actually, we'll let them teach. And we were in a small group. I, I don't know. It was just kind of different to me. I was like, we're in, we're in tables, and there's men here, and we're having women explain the word. I mean, what's the difference? Oh, a pulpit? Well, the pulpit wasn't there. But anyways, all I'm saying is women have a lot to give. A whole lot. All the women said? Amen. Amen. And we talked about last week that not all of you can cook well, right? But anyways. It's not your gift. Don't sign up for the cooking team. Hallelujah. <laughs> not really my gift either. I signed up for the cooking team or the, 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 the room over here one time, and I went to Cracker Barrel. You know, so know your gifting. So this past week, I was listening to a podcast uh, from Will Hart's ministries from Iris Global, and he was interviewing a man named uh, Abel uh, I, Cariso or Carico, I'm not really sure, but he's a man from Brazil. And he, he actually pastors a church in Greenville, Tennessee. And I was on the treadmill, glory to God, you know, trying my best, stay in shape. And I was listening to this message and the Lord began to just, I mean, I was just so blessed by the, some of the things he was sharing about his city and his town. And the Lord just gave me a charge for the, our church this morning. And there's two things I want to accomplish this morning, all right? So the first thing, is I, I, the biggest thing, honestly, is I want us to uh, start or begin, maybe you do already, but I want us to start to actually carry a burden for our city in our hearts. And the second thing is I also want us, if maybe you do already and maybe you're doing great, but I want us also to start to really carry a burden for our church in our hearts. And let me put it like this, to take responsibility for your church to take responsibility for the people in the church who are hurting and who are broken, to take responsibility, to take it personal, amen? To take it personal that there's people, they're your brothers and your sisters. Remember when they said to Jesus, like, hey, we know this guy, he's, he's Mary's uh, son and Joseph's son. He says, hey, no, my, my, my family is the ones who do the will of my father. My father, my brother, my, my, excuse me, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister are the ones who do God's will. How many of you know that the church is family? It's not just a core value. God actually is a father and we're sons and daughters. It's not just something cool we've made up to put on the wall in the foyer. It's actually what the Bible is about. That he's saying, I came to start a family, right? And I want to see, and the way that we step into actually it being more than a something on our wall is that we start to have a burden to carry the church truly in our hearts, to take responsibility for one another, for the broken, for the lonely, for the needy, and we take responsibility for it. And then once we get that down pretty good, to also start to take responsibility for our city. Instead of just saying things like, man, our city's getting worse and worse. We should take this stuff personal. And as I was listening um, I was listening to this man, and he was talking about 
how he was in, he's from Brazil, and he went to mission school thinking, man, I'm going to be a missionary. God, send me to Eurasia. Send me to Turkey. Send me to Istanbul. Send me to this crazy place. And the Lord decided to send him to Greenville, Tennessee. Does anybody know where that is? A few of you? I didn't. I Googled it. It's about six hours from here. It's in the middle of nowhere. And the Lord was like, no, I'm sending you to Greenville, Tennessee. And him and his wife went there, and they started working for like a children's home, which I believe is like an orphanage. And they started just working with like a few children. How many of you know that that can seem insignificant? Right? I remember the first time I shared my testimony ever, I was at First General Baptist Church, and there was three kids there. Three. How many of you know that those three kids weren't any less important than a room of a thousand kids? You see what I'm saying? And what am I trying to say is that God has placed you in this city, and if he has placed you in this church, and he's called you to start to carry this church and this city in your heart and take responsibility for it and say, this is my church, this is my city, and I'm going to make a difference. God has placed me here. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to be a difference maker. And I don't know about you guys, but I grew up um, in Owensboro, and I grew up with just like this mentality of like, man, Owensboro sucks. You know what I mean? Like, literally, I just remember that as a kid. It was like this thing was ingrained in us for some reason. Like, man, we just got to get out of Owensboro. You know, one day we'll get out of town. You know, we'll go to something. We'll go to something greater, something more significant. And I grew up that way, thinking, well, maybe I'll get up, and then I'll go to U of L, and I'll, go to, I'll move to Louisville and go to school there, and, and then I'll be really doing something special, Right? And I was listening to Abel Carrico tell his story about how he started to, when he got to Greenville, he basically started to look at what was going on in the city and start to see the problems and start to take responsibility for it and start to make a difference. And now he, this is a crazy story. He was like 21 years old, him and his wife, and they adopted a 12-year-old boy. That's wild. You know what I mean? A broken, broken, broken 12-year-old boy. Now this man, is, he's planted a church there. He's a senior pastor. They have a prayer house. They have a mission space. They have drug rehabs. They go into the prisons and preach. They're still working with the orphanage. I mean, it's incredible what you can do when you start to, to carry something truly in your heart where God has placed you. It's amazing. So um, I, I, want us to, I want us to get to this place. And if I could, um, you know, be honest with you guys, you know, I, I haven't always felt that way. I haven't always felt that way about this church. I haven't always felt that way about this city. You know, just to be honest, when I first came to this church, it was just kind of the church that God asked me to go to. But I really didn't, I wasn't really caring for it in my heart. I wasn't really taking responsibility for it. I remember when Pastor John Morris, he said that he was going to leave. And I was sitting right over here where the mentions are. And I remember him saying, I'm going to leave. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said, stay. And how many of you know that God didn't tell me to stay and complain? <laughs> he obviously wanted me to stay and do something different than that. So I stayed. And I remember the prayer uh, that John Morris used to pray that God would bring young people and young families and young adults. And I thought, well, I'm a young person and I'm a young family. And if I leave, I'm kind of working against that prayer. <laughs> so what if I take responsibility for something that's, that God has been trying to do here, that he wants to do here, and I start to say, okay, I want to be a part of the change. I want to carry it in my heart. I don't want to be a part of the person who always is critical. How many of you know we need, to, we need to crucify and be delivered from such a critical spirit? 
And being just criticizing everything constantly. And man, it's hard to be around people who are so critical. It's just draining. And maybe that's you, and you don't have to be that way. You can get free, you can get help, you can get counseling, you can find freedom, and you, God can shift you. You know what that critical spirit is usually rooted in? It's usually in bitterness. God is wanting to rid us of bitterness. Our slogan isn't just a healthy home for the city because it's cool. We really want you to find health and freedom and wholeness. Why? So we can start to, to turn things around, start to make a difference. And I remember being here, and I'll just be honest with you guys. I remember Maddie, she left Owensboro Christian Church. I always say this. It's the only time I've ever stole somebody from a church. Glory to God. And she was a worship leader, too. It was the only time I recruited her, but I recruited her as my wife in Jesus' name. So, anyways, it was good. It was totally fine. And, but I remember, like, we... We were here, but we didn't have a heart for the church. And I'm not saying that's everybody in this room, but I, I, it's, it's some people. And maybe you've never had a heart for your church, ever. It's just been part of a religious duty that you've been raised to do your whole life. I'm here to tell you today, God wants to shift that today. He wants to change that. He wants to soften your heart and realize, man, he's been trying to give you the gift of a local body. He's been trying to give you the gift. Let me say it like this. He's been trying to give you the gift of a pastor. Did you know it, the Bible says that Christ gave gifts to the church? Apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. He's been trying to give you the gift of a pastor, but some of us, we just haven't received it. And it's not necessarily because of any particular pastor. You just haven't received it necessarily from anyone. And God's saying, hey, you can shift that today. You can shift. And if God has placed you here he knows the leadership, and he, he knows their hearts. And if you know you're supposed to be here, then you can shift and start to carry it, start to take responsibility and not have to be critical towards it. But me and Maddie weren't always there, to be honest. We were just like, man, honestly, it was like, God, why do you have us here? About 10 years ago when we started, why are we here? Honestly, it was like, why are we even in Owensboro? And we start to follow churches like Bethel and, and looking at Rick Joyner and all these things. Like, God, you know, uh, I want I'd like to go to those places. <laughs> I don't want to be in Owensboro. And I used to think that way. And I remember we went to, um, after I became the pastor, I honestly, I had it stuck in my head that like, okay, well, maybe we'll, we'll work on Good Shepherd. We'll try to turn it around. We'll try to bring new life into it, get it healthy, get stuff to a great place. And then we'll leave and do something greater. Let's just be real. You know what I mean? But I, I don't necessarily think that way, but I thought that way. Does that make sense? You know, I remember so many times I walk into the jail, and sometimes I walk in the jail, and maybe there'd be one or two guys there, and I'd be like, man, I got so much to do. I don't know how many guys are even going to show up today. Maybe I, maybe I don't need to do this. Maybe there's something more significant I can be doing. Right? Wrong. And I remember just thinking, like, God, I, so I went to Bethel Church, and me and Matt used to think, well, maybe we'll, I'll just say it like this. I was thought, maybe we'll get out of Owensboro one day and do something better. Let me just say, if God has called you here, he hasn't called you here to be miserable. He hasn't called you here to complain. He hasn't called you here to be critical, not just in the church, but in our city or wherever your city or town that you're from. If you know that's where God has placed you, he has a plan for you there. And his plan is to make him known in that community, to make a difference, to take responsibility, to carry it in your heart. And I remember we were at, I was at Bethel Church in Redding, California, and it was amazing. I remember 
they have this prayer house out front with this water fountain, and it's just beautiful. And let alone it's in the mountains. I love the mountains. How many of you know that our church is not in the mountains or in the beach, on the beach, right? But their church is literally in the mountains, and they have this amazing coffee shop that's like in their foyer that's open all the time. How many of you know, come on, somebody, I love some good coffee. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I thought, wow, look at this coffee shop. I couldn't imagine. What if this was my church? It's in the mountains. There's coffee. There's Bill Johnson. There's Chris Valentin. Look at this anointing. There's, you know, Jeremy. There's the Bethel worship team. It's amazing. And I remember when I walked on the property, I, I just felt the presence of the Lord. And the whole time I was there, I called Maddie, and I was just kind of drunk in the spirit. And what I mean by that, I was just overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord that day, even at lunch. And I called Maddie. She said, what's it like? I said, it's like, this might sound weird to some of you, but I said, it's like, it's like I'm at my dad's house and I have a really, really good dad. And I feel so protected here. I feel so loved. I feel so provided for. I feel so, man, there's a covering here that's just healthy and well. But how many of you know you have to actually submit to a covering to receive the benefits from it? I'll move on from there. And I remember I was on the phone with Maddie, and she had some girls over at the house, and I was telling her about how amazing it was. And this is our first year as a senior pastors here, and one of the girls, I was like, it's incredible. Oh, man, I'm joking the spirit. I'm just overwhelmed by God, and he's so good. And then this, this girl on the phone said, man, let's move there. And immediately in my spirit was like, no. We're not supposed to move here. And I said to Maddie, I said, Redding, California doesn't need me. I feel Davis County needs us. Why do I still have to keep traveling to try to find something significant? And why can't I start believing that God wants to do something significant in Owensboro? And listen, you know what's crazy? Are you ready for this? The significant thing that he's doing, he's doing it right now. It's not this big crazy thing that people are waiting for something to blow up and the roof to be torn off the place. No, he's making disciples. He's setting people free. He's restoring marriages. He's helping parents. He's getting people saved. People are getting baptized. Kids are being baptized. There's nothing greater. There's nothing more significant than one kid getting baptized is just the significance and all that I need. I don't have to be at something greater. Well, maybe we'll move and we'll go to this church. And so, Hey, listen, if God calls you to a certain church with, from the bottom of my heart, go. But if he's called you here, then, then carry it. Learn how to come under some leadership and, and carry the church in your heart and carry the burden of the people who are broken. I'd love to see this this past week. We got to see um, some people that have been struggling in our church and we got to see our church come together. And churches, from, I mean, a lot of people, the, the body in general from all over the, Owensboro, come together for Chris and Tila and continue to come together for Norman. You know what I loved about it the most? There was like so many people from our church that went to visit and, and call them and stuff besides me. And our pastoral staff, it's like, man, that's when you know it's a good thing going on. <laughs> it's not just uh, one leader. It's that, man, there's a body. There's a family. And so... Um, we want to see, uh, and we are seeing, a lot of us are carrying the burden and the responsibility of the Father's house in our hearts, truly. And we want to see that continue to grow, amen? I was looking at Galatians 6, 1 through 3. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. We're going to be, I have a few scriptures today. 
Look at this scripture. This is so good. How do, how do we carry the church truly in our hearts? Dear brothers and sisters, if someone, listen to this, ready? If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. Keyword. Everybody say the next word with me. Gently. Did you know this is what it means also by carrying the church in your heart and taking responsibility for the church? It doesn't just mean showing up and serving and serving food. It also means Man, there's some people who are caught in some sin in our church. We're going to restore them. We're going to take responsibility. We're not going to shame them, but we are going to go after them and love and say, hey, man, this isn't right. We love you. This is how one of the ways you do carry the church is by holding each other accountable. We have too many. Listen, guys, we need more accountability than we need just friends who are doing the same things we're doing. We need people who are gonna call us higher, amen? I'm not talking about shame you for where you're at. I'm saying, hey, there's more. There's greater place that God wants you to be. There's a greater intimacy with God. Check this out. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Next verse, please. Carry, everybody say carry. Carry each other's burdens. That word carry literally means to like pick up or to, it, it, it insinuates that, that you are holding something really heavy and then I come over and I help you and put most, some of that weight on myself, right? And so we're called to literally carry each other's burdens and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. He's saying, that, what is the law of Christ? The law of love. Check this out, one of my favorite verses. If anyone thinks they are not something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Another one says if you think that basically you can't help, the, you can't help people and you think you're important, it says you're not. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's pretty tough, Jesus. But he's saying, hey, how do we carry the church in our heart? A bunch of different ways, but one is you actually have to hold people accountable in the church, right? It's not just, hey, I'm praying for you when you're sick. It's, hey, your life's falling apart. I love you. Let's help you. It's both. We need both, amen? How many of you are glad that somebody confronted you in love and it's helped you in your life? Come on, lift your hands. You know what I mean? And it's helped you. I'm glad, I was on the phone with somebody yesterday and they, they challenged me a little bit. I said, a good friend of mine, a leader in our church. I, I, remember, if it's from Jesus, we want it, amen? If it's from Christ, I want to receive it, even if it's correction, especially if I'm going the wrong way in my life. I want somebody to stop me. If you love me, you wouldn't let me continue in dysfunction if you love me, Right? We gotta get past this weird thing that says, oh, you're judging me. You're judging me. Oh, they are judging me. Oh, well, because we, people, listen, a lot of people's church hurt is just the church actually said that sin was bad. And I'm not saying there isn't church hurt. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I've been hurt by church. I know some of you have. That's not what I'm saying. But a lot of it's people saying, well, I've been church hurt because we said homosexuality was a sin. And they say, that's church hurt. That's not church hurt. That's what the Bible says. They were saying, hey, you can't live together and be born again. You need to take your next step. You need to get married. And they say, well, I'm hurt. But hold on a second. We love you. You said you wanted to follow Christ. We're holding you accountable to that calling. Why? Because we want to see you. Because we believe that when you actually said, I want to give my life to Jesus, you meant it. And we want to help you see that come to fruition. Right? And you have stuff in your life that could be blocking you from actually growing into what you truly want to become. Amen? 
I love that verse two, though. Carry one another's burdens to start to, and our church does well. This is why it's you, to get involved, to serve on teams, to serve and get in small groups because you can't really carry one another in your heart if you're not really involved. You don't really know anyone, and you can't know everybody. Some people are like, well, I don't know everybody. You're not gonna know everybody. And the church is just growing. You're gonna continue to not know everybody. But you can get around a group and a cell and start to get to know some people and hold each other accountable and call each other higher and carry one another when they're hurting, when they're broken, and be there for them and encourage them. Amen? Amen. So this is something I think our church does pretty well. Um, we all need help. So here's some ways to carry the church in your heart. If you've got a phone, you can write, write some of these down. You can pray for the church. How many of you could be completely honest right now, you don't have to raise your hand, that you regularly pray for your church and its leadership and the direction of it? And I'm not here to shame you. I'm just saying, I believe God wants to shift that this morning. You know how easy it can be? I have, I have this reminder on my phone. You ready? I don't know about you guys, if you have Siri. Watch this. Remind me every day at 6.30 a.m. to pray for my church, my leaders, the body of Christ, and my city. Okay. Looky there. He's from Australia. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally that simple. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, It's not some big, crazy equation I'm trying to give you here today of, man, how can I do that? Just pray. How many of you know if your heart also is critical towards some things, it will change when you pray? And how about if we don't, don't pray selfish prayers. God, help them to be this thing that I want them to be. Lord, help my wife to be more teachable and submissive in the name of Jesus. Lord, how about this? Lord, I pray that my wife will grow closer in a deeper relationship with you, that she would hear your voice and she would be obedient to whatever you're calling her to. And you would help me to be humble, to be teachable, and to receive from you and serve my family as you've called me to. How many of you know to carry the church in your heart means that you come to serve and not just to be served? Amen. You come to serve and not just to be served. Why? Because that's what Jesus said. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He's saying, let's, let's turn this thing around. So pray for the church. Number two, you're, get involved. Serving, join the team, join the church, get in small groups. It's practical things. Here's a big one. Invite people. Invite people to come. I couldn't tell you how many years at this church that you've seen me bring someone literally with me on Sunday mornings. Invite people. If you're carrying in your heart, if you love it, other people might love it too. I always tell people, listen, come try the church out. If you don't like it, don't come back. Right? It's not going to hurt my feelings. But I believe if you're open, God will touch you and God will move. Invite people to come. Another thing, help people who are struggling. Help them. Help pull them back. Have, have some hard conversations. Hey, this isn't going that well. I'd like to see this change in your life. Take responsibility. You know, I love talking, just to be honest, I'm going to highlight, give some honor where honors do. I love talking with Latricia Duckworth, the lady who was singing right over here. Latricia truly carries this church in her heart. I mean, she convicts me. I'm like, I think you're praying for this church more than I am. Literally. Actually, I probably know she is. And I'm like, man, this is what it looks like to really, she cares. And she's excited about what God is doing. And she's praying into what God is doing. She's not trying to change what God's doing. She's praying into what he is doing. She's carrying it. 
It's beautiful. I'm encouraged by it. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I wish we, we all need to grab this heart and take responsibility for our church and our family. Amen? Listen, listen to me. Just like as parents, right, we, take, we carry our kids in our heart. We carry our spouse. We carry our families in our heart. We're taking responsibility for them. Right? We can do the same thing for one another. So, um, yeah, yeah, guys, I, I used to think for a while, honestly, that I would be at this church and then I wouldn't be. And maybe I'll do, do something different, something not as hard or something in a, a better town or I don't know, just whatever you want to call it. You know, what's there to do in Owensboro? And then I had to realize that I was believing a lot of lies about my city. Nothing significant will ever happen in Owensboro. That's a lie from hell. You know why? You're here. You know what I mean? I love what Abel said he was, when he got to Greenville, something that stuck with me so much. I'll know this probably in my heart the rest of my life. He was just meeting with like these six kids and he said something so powerful. He said, these six kids are not a stepping stone to something greater. I thought, man, that's good. <laughs> I'm so convicted. And I remember about a year and a half ago, the Lord started to really solidify me in Owensboro, Kentucky. And he gave me a vision of me of like waist deep in the middle of our city, like in the ground. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but the Lord said, I'm, you're, I'm digging your roots deep in this city. And the Lord started to really speak to me about longevity and really carrying a city and wanting to see something change. How many of you know it takes time? And I start to think, man, and I started, honestly, I've just, I've just began to fall in love with this church and with this city. Just fall in love with it. Because I heard, a, I was at a, a church conference a few years ago, and he said, he said, you can, he said, you can hate the process, you can tolerate it, or you can love it. And I thought, man, at best, I'm tolerating it. Right? I thought, Lord, help me. I want to be in love with what you're doing with my life. I want to be in love with where you have me in my life. I want to be in love with what I'm serving in whatever capacity. I want to be in love with it, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, if I've been critical and believe lies about our church and our city or leaders or anything, God. Well, that church, it's too many churches in Owensboro. That place is too religious. Forgive me, Lord, for believing lies about this, God. Nothing is too strong for you. There's no battle that you can't win, oh God. There's nothing that you can't do. Forgive me, Lord. <laughs> And Lord, help me to be excited about where you have me. Amen? And a lot of us are. So if you are, praise the Lord. Keep going. If you're not, come on. Come on. Man. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. If you could put that up on the screen. I think a lot of us, we look at our city sometimes and we see the crime rate or like, oh, there's been all these shootings and man, these kids are getting worse and oh, the schools and all this stuff. And, and even as the church, we find ourselves being so negative and complaining about how our city's going downhill instead of realizing that Jesus says this, you are the light of the city. <laughs> you are the light of Owensboro, a town, a city, a people set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You know what I was saying cannot be hidden? It was saying that in a sense, it's not to be kept secret. So you, you have this light that is not to be kept secret. 
You have the light of what? The gospel, the truth, who he is, what he's done in your life, and it's not meant to be hidden. I believe the Lord is saying to us prophetically this morning, it's time for us to open our mouths. It's time for us to share the gospel. It's time for us to get healed, to get healthy, and actually let our city see Jesus through your family. Instead of, man, our city just keeps getting worse. Man, my neighborhood, my, man, my neighborhood, man, there's more kids breaking into cars than ever. I don't know what to do. Guess what? You're there. You're there, and you're, you, the Bible says you're, you're more than conquerors, right? Why do you think the Bible talks about, uh, about us having armor? Because actually there's a fight that we're in, and I'm here to tell you this morning that we're actually called to win, not to lose. Because the Bible says that greater is he who's in me than he who might be in my neighborhood. <laughs> greater is he who's in me than, than he who might be in that house down the street that always gets the cops called. You know what I mean? Maybe God's placed you there. And he's saying, hey, what can you do? How can you pray? How can you carry your neighborhood in prayer? First off, pray for your city. Pray for your area. Pray for the crime. Pray for God's protection. And God, what can I do? Give me divine and witty ideas. Give me strategy. How can I make a difference in this city? How can I volunteer? Like we have these outreach things in the, in the foyer. And we're seeing with Friends of Sinners and the Forest House Recovery and CareNet that helps women, uh, young girls not get abortions and, and keep their babies. All the stuff that's amazing. How can I get involved? Some of you have adopted children. Come on, somebody. You've adopted kids and literally saying, okay, I'm going to be a difference maker. I'm going to take responsibility. Like the Bible says, for the widows and the orphans, the church, we got to take responsibility. And start to carry the burden and say, okay, here's a need in our city. Man, how can we meet that? Instead of the opposite of, man, the city's going down. I just dare to believe that Jesus is the answer to everything. Absolutely everything. I believe one of the most important ministries we're doing at this church is our marriage ministry. And freedom. Because when you get the church to actually not just become religious and maybe actually get healthy and whole and teachable and grow up in the Lord and find freedom, the city will see Jesus in your life. Most people aren't, guys, the lost people in our city are not just flooding in churches because there's so many churches having services. They're looking for people to look like Christ. And I believe the Father's house, it is our mandate to grow up into mature sons and daughters and to show the city of Jesus through our lives. Amen? Come on, doesn't that just feel good? It charges you a little bit like, man, that's my calling. That's what God is asking of me. He's placed me in this town for a purpose, to be a light, to be a city set on a hill, not to be hidden. Whatever sphere of influence that you have in this community, whatever business it is, no matter if you're a police officer, a teacher, you work at the hospital, you might not be able to openly share the gospel, but you can live the gospel. And people will be drawn to you. I, I was talking to uh, Jehu Lyon uh, earlier. It's his pastor Ethan's son. He just went on a missions trip to YWAM. And his missions trip, this is so cool, his missions trip they did in YWAM, which is Youth with the Mission, was in uh, Turkey, Right? I don't know if you know this, but Turkey, uh, last time I checked, it is the most unreached nation on the earth. How many of you knew that? Anybody? The most unreached nation on the earth is Turkey, which is crazy because it actually was at one time some of the Bible lands, right? Where parts of the Bible actually happened in that same area. And I remember Jehu telling me, he's like, man, we got to go to Turkey. He said, but 
you know, it's actually illegal to actually share the gospel openly there and try to convert people. It's illegal. He said, we did it anyways. And, but he was telling me, like, dude, like, no one wanted to listen to what we had to say. Nobody. And then he was hearing from some of his friends that were in the Philippines, and they're like, man, we did a crusade last night, and 15,000 people got saved, bro. Seems more significant, right? No. But here he is every day they're going out and just trying to throw a net, <laughs> seeing what they could can. People are no thanks, because it's so heavily Muslim there. And what was crazy is a guy, they would hang out at a coffee shop and just play games and just hang out. And one guy, one of the guys who got born again, he literally just walked up to them and said, hey, uh, what, whatever the God is, whatever y'all are doing, I want it. And they were like kind of shocked. They were like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> like, what? We're not, we're not evangelizing. We didn't have a big tent set up. <laughs> we were just living the gospel. We had joy, <laughs> peace, community, love. And people were just attracted to it and said, hey, whatever that is, I want to serve that. You see what I'm saying? And I love to tell uh, uh, Jay, who's like, man, you got to see that one person who got saved is not any less significant than the 15,000. You see what I'm saying? If God is calling you, some people in this room, God has called you actually overseas. And that's amazing. We want to partner with you. But the rest of us, God has called us right here. And some of you are about to go to college. Whoa. If some of you are about to go to college, and um, is there any, anybody here that's about to go to Western? Anybody at all? Western Kentucky University, going once, going twice. Wrong. Anybody here that's about to go to college to be a freshman? Raise your hand. Mom? Okay. All right. No one? No college freshman in here? Oh, cool. Awesome. Man, I just feel the Lord saying, you know, God has called you to that campus to be a light in that campus, to be a difference maker, to be set out, set apart from everyone else. Hey, man, I don't know who you are. I can't even really see, to be honest with you. <laughs> but it's not, it's not by accident. It's not by accident that you're going to wherever you're going and to be different, to be set apart in that place. Amen? It's not by accident we're in Owensboro, Kentucky. What if we start to carry Owens bro in our hearts truly, guys? What if we start to take responsibility? Like, man, some of y'all are social workers. Some of y'all are counselors. Man, we need your gifting. Some of you, listen, some of, you ready? some of you are moms, and you're raising your kids. You know how important that is? Because these, some of these kids are the ones that are going and growing up in, in the system and causing all the hell, and then they're the same kids that I'm seeing in my jail service. We have such a great calling on raising our children. Amen? What a great calling and responsibility it is to carry our families. So, practical step. I don't have a watch on. It's 1208. Glory to God. Practical step number one for carrying the city. You ready? You got to actually care. Surprise. You have to actually care. How do you actually care? I was reminded of Matthew 9, 36. When Jesus looked upon the crowds, it says this. So confused and aimless they were, is the message translation. And when he looked over, look at the bottom line. When he looked over, keep going. When he looked over the crowds, his heart broke 
so confused and aimless, they were like sheep without a shepherd. Step one, guys, to care in the city is you gotta actually begin to care. We gotta stop saying, oh, those people there, man, they're nasty, they're disgusting, they're this, and no, 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 we have to have compassion like Jesus did. And something that really bothers me, I hear a lot of people say, well, I, I just don't like people. I don't know where we get that from in the church because Jesus loves people and actually it's the second greatest commandment. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love people, <laughs> right? Well, I just don't like people. Th- those, you and your relationship with Christ, those, cannot, those don't go together, guys. He saw the lost, he had compassion. What if we start to see our city and things that are going wrong and we have compassion in our city? Let us have the heart of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter one. Let's look at these verses, verse three and four. It says, verse three, they said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. You know what I mean? If you don't have a heart for the city, if things don't move you emotionally, then you need to start to pray prayers like this. God, give me a heart for the broken and lost people in our city. Lord, give me a heart for people. Give me a heart for the broken, Lord. Give me a heart for this because I wanna be like Nehemiah when I see issues and things. I wanna fall down and weep and take it personally. Nehemiah took it personally. And it goes on to say his next step was this. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and I fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. First thing he did was actually begin to carry it in his heart. It broke his heart to see his city and to see his people hurting and broken. Number two, he prayed. Lord, break my heart. And then begin to pray for the city. Begin to pray for your church. God bless Owensboro, Kentucky. God, we come against the, the, the crime rate in our city and we just declare that there would be, more, there would literally, it would begin to break and begin to literally just loose its hands. That we'll start to see the young juveniles find Jesus. The Generation Z will begin to find Christ and be on fire for him. Instead of saying things like, oh, they're diseased. this new generation, they're wild. Stop saying that. Start to let it break your heart and start to pray for Generation Z. I don't know if you remember that day. We just started to pray for Generation Z here. And, and then we got to see it in Asbury. A lot of the, the, the young people are getting on fire for Jesus. I believe that God is raising up young college-age students and high school students to burn for him. That are unashamed of the gospel. That you know why? Because they found the truth. And the truth is actually Jesus. It's not your truth and my truth and their truth. There actually only is one truth, and his name is Christ. He's the only way. He's the only way. And it's not because we're trying to be prideful or shame other people. It just so happens to be true. And people are going to find it, and they're going to burn for it. Amen? So Nehemiah, first thing he did was he, he had compassion, and he began to weep. And the second thing he did, he began to pray. God help. Amen? I encourage everyone in this room, before you leave, take out your phone and say, God, remind me every morning, whatever time is best for you, to pray for my church family, their leadership, and to pray for my kids and pray for our city every single day. And what will happen is you'll start to actually carry it in your heart. You'll start to care more when you start to pray more. Amen? It's hard to be mad at something when you're sincerely praying for it. You know what I mean? (laughs) How many of you ever tried that? You're like, man, I need to pray for them. Or we just say things like that. I need to pray, and then we don't pray. So we see Nehemiah be broken, have compassion, 
And number two, I, I want to see us actually prepare ourselves for harvest. How many of you believe that the harvest is ready and the laborers are few? Amen? I believe God is going to do something in the next couple years, especially 2024 is probably going to be a wild ride, ladies and gentlemen. And I believe God is actually going to bring the light out of the darkness, and I believe the church needs to be ready for harvest. And what that means is, that means that we need to get ready now. That means that we need to get our purple books out. We need to get to know our Bible. We need to start serving. We need to get in small groups. We need to go to freedom. We need to get ready for harvest because we're going to need all hands on deck. We're going to need you to be able to actually articulate the gospel with boldness. When someone asks, you bring someone to church and then they say, well, I don't understand. What is baptism? You need to be able to give an account and explain what that means in the Bible yourself and not just call Pastor Faith. Hey, I got this person, they got questions. The foundational questions we all need to know and we need to know them well. Look at 1 Peter 3.15. It says, but keep the Lord Christ holy in your hearts. Always be ready to answer everyone who asks you to explain about the hope that you have. There you go. You see that? To give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. It's saying, hey, get ready and be ready to explain what you've been given. This is why discipleship is so important. Here at the Father's house, we, we love an encounter with God, but we also love the education and the learning and the scripture and the doctrine with God as well, amen? We are not, one is not greater than the other. And we want to see us get ready for the harvest. Somebody say, I'm ready. Get ready for the harvest. Grab a new believer's book. Grab a purple book. Be at group tonight at 6. Sign up. Get involved. And I believe our church will be ready when God decides to supernaturally bring in a harvest. A lot of people are believing for a billion soul harvest across the globe. I believe we're going to be a part of that in Jesus' name. Amen? And we're already being a part of it. People are already getting saved. People are already getting baptized. But I do believe there will become a supernatural increase of souls. And we need to be ready. Amen? And not just the pastors. All of us be ready to give, a, to give an account for the hope that you have. Amen? Can we stand to our feet? Worship team. Actually, really, if you could just play some keys or something, that'd be fine. Wherever. I don't know who's running sound right now. Prayer team, could you come? Let's give me some nice little beautiful background music. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Let's just pray this together. Jesus. Come on, every voice. Jesus. Give me a heart. For my church, for my town, for my region. And can you just pray this? Say, Lord, use me in my sphere of influence. Help me to know. that there's not something greater that I'm waiting on. Help me to fall in love with what you have in front of me. Thank you, Lord.
Come on, doesn't that feel good? Jesus, we just say that you're amazing. I thank you for the church that you're building. The Bible says when the, if the God doesn't build the house and everyone labors in vain, God, I thank you that you are the Father and you're building your church, God, that we are living stones. That you're raising up sons and daughters, Lord. You're setting the captives free. And you're building your church, God. Here in Owensboro, Kentucky, Lord, we thank you that there's nothing more significant than where we are right now in our city, in your name, gathered as your body. We love you, Lord. Father, we pray that you'd help us to get ready for harvest, to find freedom, to find wholeness, to understand your word, to be students of the Bible, to rightly divide the word of truth, God, to be ready to give an account, to give the reason for the hope that we have, Lord. Let us take up that mantle today. Let us not become familiar with church and the Bible, Lord, but Lord, today we say there's a day of change. We're gonna carry this church in our hearts. We're gonna carry this city in our hearts. We're gonna carry, we're not gonna complain. We're not gonna be critical. We're gonna be difference makers. want to give one opportunity. Listen, if you're new here or maybe you found your way here today and you're like, man, listen, I need to give my life to Jesus. I need to be born again. I believe he died on the cross for me. I believe he washed away my sin. I believe he rose from the grave. If you need to give your life to Jesus, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's not a coincidence you're here. If you need to be saved, I'm going to ask you to do something bold. Would you just lift your hand right where you are? Awesome. Come on, anybody else, I need to be born again. Would you just lift your hand? I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be a part of this family of God. I need a family. <laughs> if that's you, would you just lift your hand? I just want to give you a moment before we go. I always just want to give an opportunity regardless of what we preach on. Thank you, Lord. I see a couple of you. Anybody else, just a moment. Awesome. And if that's you, we're just going to take a moment right now. Church, we just begin to pray. If there's anyone else that needs to pray, if that's you, just lift your hands to heaven. And would you just pray with me, Jesus? I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you're the only way to heaven. And today I step from death to life. From sinner to to son or daughter, wash me, cleanse me in Jesus' name. And say this like you mean it. And today, I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Give it up for the few. Awesome. Hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hey, if you made that decision, please come down for prayer before you leave. Or maybe you still need to make that decision and you've been a little shot. We'd love to pray with you. Our prayer team is equipped, ready to pray for you to receive Christ. Also grab one of those New Believers books before you go. Uh, also grab one of those cards. We'd love to connect with you. Don't get out on the island. Don't isolate. We want to walk with you and care for you. Amen. Let's do some. Lay your hand on your neighbor. Just look at him and say, I love you. It's awkward for all the young people in here. (laughs) 
Maybe some of y'all need a, a girlfriend or a spouse. I'm not sure, but hey, this is actually a good place for that to happen. <laughs> Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, I love you. Come on, look at it and say, I'm with you. Amen, amen. Father, bless your people, bless your families, bless this church, bless your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Bless you guys. Have an awesome, awesome day. Have a good week. Hey, if you need prayer for anything, our prayer team is available. If you need healing in your body, if you need somebody just to encourage you this morning, you're welcome to come down front for prayer. We love you guys so, so much. It's really